Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is a special bonus series entitled, Why Is the Whole World Against Us? The purpose of this series is to offer a deeper spiritual insight into the current war that Israel is waging against Hamas in Gaza, as well as the geopolitical war Jews all around the world are waging in defense of our right to the land of Israel as our homeland and against worldwide anti-Semitism, which has risen exponentially in the aftermath of the October 7th massacre. The teachings I'll be relating are based on a sicha by, given by the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the year Tavshin Chavvav, or in the Hebrew year of 5726, or the English year of 1965. And the sicha is on Parshas Bereshis, based on the first Rashi in Parshas Bereshis. I studied and recorded this material in the merit of a swift victory of the IDF and the protection of all of our fellow soldiers and all Jewish lives within the land of Israel and throughout the world, as well as for the speedy return of our hostages. Made happen very, very soon. So yesterday, we finally started to get into the text after our long introduction in our first episode. And I, I highly encourage you to go through this series in an orderly fashion because it is really progressive from uh, episode to episode. And if I were to spend too much time doing a review at the beginning of every episode of what we learned previously, it just, you know, the, the episodes would just get longer and longer and longer. So uh, I'm going to give like a really brief recap of what we did last time, but then I'm going to move on. Um, so yesterday, what we did is we looked at that first Rashi in Breshis, uh the very first Rashi of the Torah, in which Rashi questions why the Torah begins with the story of creation rather than beginning with the blessing of the new month, which was the first commandment that was given to the Jewish people, which seeing as Torah is really a book of laws for Jews, it would seem in a way much more logical to begin with the first law that was given to the Jewish people. Uh, then Rashi answers his own question, and he says that the reason that the Torah began this way with the story of creation is so that if the nations of the world come to us and accuse us of robbery for stealing the land of Israel, then or the land of the seven nations, as he puts it, then this is what we can say to them. We can use this proof that God created the world to tell them that you know God created the world, so thus he gave it to who was righteous in his eyes. With his will, Rashi goes on, he gave it to them. And then with his will, God took it from them and gave it to us. So this is the baseline Rashi. And then as we mentioned, what the Rebbe does in the Sicha is he really, really breaks apart this Rashi 
breaking it into four basic parts and asking questions about four aspects of this Rashi. The Rebbe asks questions about Rashi's question, his initial question, and the Rebbe asks questions about Rashi's answer, and the Rebbe asks questions about the accusation of the nations, and then the Rebbe goes on to ask questions about our answer to the nations. In the previous episode, we discussed the first two groups of questions, namely the questions that the Rebbe had on, on Rashi's question and the questions that the Rebbe had on Rashi's answer. I'm not going to do a full review of those questions today uh, because like I mentioned, that's just going to get too time consuming if we keep doing those really thorough reviews. However, we will actually review these questions later on in the Sikha when we get to the answers uh, and then we'll revisit the questions then. But today we're actually going to move on to the second subset of questions that the Rebbe has on this Rashi, namely the questions that the Rebbe has on the accusation of the nations, as well as the questions that the Rebbe has on the answer that Rashi gives us to give to the nations of the world. And again, there is a written component to this lecture series that you can print out and follow along with that might make it a lot easier to go through. So getting right into it. So getting into the questions on the accusation of the nation. So to, just to review, what was the accusation of the nation? So if we go back to the Rashi, so we'll see that Rashi says, that if the nations of the world will say to the Jewish people, you are robbers, you are robbers, that for conquering the land of the seven nations, this is what you should say. And then Rashi goes on to uh, proceed with, with the answer that we should give to the nations of the world. But again, now we're first going to just focus on the accusation of the nations. So what's the accusation of the nations? Basically calling us robbers for conquering the land of the seven nations. So the questions that the Rebbe asks on the, these accusations are most likely going to sound pretty familiar to those of you that are following what's been going on in Israel, maybe engaging in online debates, which maybe you're starting to see is not the most productive thing to do because we start to see that their accusations against us really don't make a lot of sense, right? Because what are the two questions that the Rebbe asks about this accusation of the nations? Number one, first of all, didn't they steal the land from us? Like, what's this deal with them accusing us of robbery? Like, we were there first. We were the indig indigenous people to that land. Um, Aside from lots of documentation of the historicity of this fact, uh, you know, the Rebbe is talking from a Torah perspective. And from a Torah perspective, after the flood, Noach, uh, who had three sons, who we're going to talk about them a little bit more later on in this episode, uh, he distributed the, the different countries of the world to his different sons. And that portion of Israel was distributed, was under the, the portion of his son Shem. And the Israelites, the Jewish people, we come from this son of shame. This is where we come from. So we were the original inhabitants. This was our land that was given to us true and proper. Like this is way before the United Nations, 1948, any of that. This is way, way back. We were given this land. We lived in this land. This was our land. So then, yes, later other nations conquered the land and, and took it over and things like that. But so if anything, we should be accu uh, accusing them of robbery rather, rather than them accusing us of robbery. Like what's going on here? The second question that the Rebbe asks is, War con conquest is not robbery. Like it's it's very clear. You know, people, nations conquer lands throughout history. This is the history of our world. Is 
there are many wars, many conquests, different countries have different names throughout history. Um, This year it's under this nation, this year it's under that nation. It's not a set thing. And this isn't just even in terms of just like worldly laws that is that war conquest isn't considered robbery, but even according to the Torah. So we know that according to the Torah, well, the Jews, you know, us Jews, we have to keep uh, the entire 613 commandments of the Torah. Nevertheless, the non-Jewish people in the world, even though they're not bound by those same laws, they are bound by what are known as the seven laws of Noah, the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach. These are the laws that are incumbent upon all of mankind. One of those laws is indeed the prohibition against robbery, against stealing. However, we find that throughout history, we don't find any nation being punished for conquering land. It's never written about, you know, usually in the Torah, we hear about different instances when different lands or people are punished for doing evil activities. And it's sort of supposed to teach us a lesson with this. When it comes to conquering land, we, there's never even a hint at this, that this is something wrong. In fact, you know, there there are times that we actually, Yoshua was actually commanded to conquer the land of the seven nations, which ultimately is the land of Israel. So what is this? accusation of robbery, it seems to be very nonsensical. So those are the two questions that the Rebbe has on the accusation of the nations is that, first of all, if anything, they conquered it from us. So we so how, you know, didn't they take us from us, we should be accusing them of robbery, if anything. Secondly, conquering land is not considered uh, by and large as robbery. So what's the deal with this accusation of robbery? All right, now we're going to go on to the questions that the Rebbe has about our answer to the nations, how we answer the nations. And this section is quite long. There's quite a bit here. So after we finish going through these questions that the Rebbe has on our answer to the nations of the world, we'll call it a day and conclude for today and uh, continue in the next episode. So to start off, let's let's just go through Rashi's answer again. What is What is the answer that Rashi tells us to give to the nations of the world? who accuse us of robbery for for robbing the the land of Israel. So here's what Rashi says. So Rashi uh so so I'm going to say it in Hebrew as well as English because the wording in Hebrew is actually quite precise as we'll see. Um so Rashi says hem omrimnahem kol ha'aretz shel kadosh baruchuhi. So they should say to them, meaning the Jewish people should say to the non non-Jewish nations, the entire land is God's. He created it, and he gave it to who it was righteous in his eyes. Through his will, he gave it to them. And with his will, he took it from them and gave it to us. Okay, so what are the Rabbi's questions about this answer to the nations. The first question that the Rabbi asks is he says, why bring up the whole world when the accusation is only about the land of Israel? Right? So it's, so, you know, so the the accusation of the nations is they're saying to us, um, you are robbers because you conquered the land of Israel. You conquered the land of the seven nations. And then our answer to them is, has to do with the entirety of the, the whole world. Like why, why don't we just focus on, what they're accusing us about, which is the land of Israel. The second question that the Rebbe brings is about the idea of bringing up creation at all. Forget about the creation of the whole world. Why does Rashi have to bring up the idea of creation at all? If you go back to that Rashi, if you notice the the order by which he says our answer should be, is he says the entire earth belongs to God. 
And then Rashi goes on to say, God created it. He created it. And then he says, and he gave it to whom he deemed proper. So this section of the answer that we're focusing on here can actually be broken down into three parts. So I told you that it was going to get very technical. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. So the three parts of this, this section of the answer is part one is it says the whole world belongs to God. Then part two says he created it. And then part three, he gave it to whom he deemed proper. So the question that the Rebbe has is first of all about that second part, about the idea of the create, creating the world. Why do we have to bring up this idea that God created the world? When we say the first part, when we say that the entire world belongs to God, that should be enough. If we say that the entire world belongs to God, great. The entire world belongs to God. He has the right to give it to whomever he chooses. Why do we have to bring up the idea of creation? And if somehow creation is linked to this idea of ownership, then uh, then Rashi could have prefaced with that. Rashi could have said, God created the world, and thus, you know, because he created the world, he has the right to give it to whoever he wants. But the order is very specific because ev- the order of everything in Torah, including Rashi, is extremely specific. So the fact that Rashi starts by saying, the entire world belongs to God, and then he goes on to say, uh, God created the world. And then he goes on to say, and he can give it to whomever he deems proper. There has to be a reason for this order. And the Rebbe is asking what that reason is. And the Rebbe says, especially those last two points, the part, the part that God created the world and the fact that God um, can give the land to whom he deems proper, those two definitely have a connection to them because they're linked together with a vav in Hebrew. Vav, the vav in Hebrew means and in English. So it's it's like a coordinating conjunction. So if again, if we go to the Hebrew, that part, it says, So he created it and he gave it to whom he deemed proper in his eyes. So meaning to say that there's some kind of link between the fact that God created the world and him giving it to whom he deemed proper in his eyes. So the Rebbe is asking, what is that connection? The next question that the Rebbe has is, why does Rashi seemingly repeat himself? So where's the repetition? So let's go back to the Rashi. And as we'll see, there are two times in this Rashi that Rashi says that God gave the land of Israel to the Jewish people. First, you know, we see again. So going back to the answer is that the answer that we say is that the entire land belongs to God. He created it and gave it to who and he gave it to whom he deemed proper in his eyes so that's we're assuming that's the jewish people god gave it to the jewish people and then rashi goes on and he says with his will he gave it to them meaning to the non-jewish nations and in with his will he took it from them and gave it to us meaning to the jewish people so it seems like Rashi is basically saying that God gave the land of Israel to the Jewish people twice. First, when he says he gave it to whom he deemed proper, and then later when he says that he took it from the nations of the world and gave it to us. So why the repetition? What's that about? Along these lines, another question that the rabbi has is, why do we have to know about God giving the land of Israel to the other nations? I mean, like, you know, this whole sicha and our, our whole uh, connection in Torah to the land of Israel is such an essential one. The main thing is about God giving us the land of Israel. God gave it to whom he deemed proper in his eyes. That's us. 
God took it from the other nations and he gave it to us. That, that's the main thing that we need to know about. Why do we have to know about the idea that God gave it to the other nations? Why is that inserted in there? What what point does that have in the answer? You know, that almost it almost sounds like we're defeating the purpose of the answer. It's kind of weakening our answer if we say God gave it to the nations of the world at some point. So perhaps one could argue, the Rebbe says, that maybe the reason why this is in there that the that Rashi included this idea of uh, of uh, God giving the land of Israel to the nations of the world is so that they know that when they had the land of Israel at some point as throughout history because we know much of history actually the land of Israel was not under Jewish control under Jewish rulership that maybe this is a way of letting them know that this is only because God gave it to them they don't actually you know have it through any of their own rights any of their own might or anything like that it's just because God gave it to them and this is kind of like just kind of to humble them and, and to make them recognize that but the Rebbe says no, you know, even though he gives gives this as a possible answer, he says no, this is actually not not a good answer because uh, even if God didn't have wouldn't have given it to them in the way that Rashi is explaining it at this point, uh, they would have taken it at some point. The only difference is that now through telling them that. God gave them the land, if anything, this gives them more of a sense of ownership of the land. This is like, you know, this idea that the entire world belongs to God and he gives it to whom he deems proper. So if we're saying here that God gave the land of Israel to the non-Jewish nations at some point, it means God kind of wanted them to have the land at that point, right? And then that could strengthen their arguments and in, in, in terms of calling us robbers because we took away land from them that God decided at least at some point should belong to them. So it seems a little bit strange that Rashi would include that point. It seems like it's weakening the argument here. Now, on this subject, the Rebbe asks a much deeper question. Indeed, why? Why did God give the land of Israel to the non-Jewish nations? And it's not only to the non-Jewish nations, it's actually to the to Canaan. Canaan, you know, that, that was like the kind of original name of, um, of the land of Israel. Canaan was the son of Ham. So if if you recall in the story, if you if you're well versed in your stories from the Torah, then you'll know that after the flood, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Yafet. Shem was the progenitor of the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. Yafet's ancestors were most likely the Greeks. And then there's Ham, Ham who gave birth to Canaan. And Canaan was the progenitor of the Canaanite nation, uh, who are well known throughout the Torah for being really steeped in idolatry, uh, immorality, things like that. So the Rebbe is asking a much bigger question here is this whole idea of God wanting uh, the sons of Ham to have the land of Israel seems a little bit strange. And this is something that we can't gloss over. This is something we really, really have to think about. Especially when we look at the wording of Rashi, and the wording again is very specific. The wording when he says that God gave it to the non-Jewish nations, he doesn't just say God you know, gave the land of Israel at some point to the non-Jewish nations. He says he uses the same language that he uses when he talks about him giving the land to us, namely, with his will, which means that this was very intentional. So we know that everything in the world is hashkacha pratis. Everything in the world is divine uh, providence. But there's a difference between things being kind of like just, you know, everything's divine providence. Even a leaf that falls off a tree was supposed to fall exactly that way. Uh, that was that was all preordained and all of that versus when we see actual things that God 
really intentionally and makes it known that this is his intention to willfully do a certain act. This itself, the difference between these two things could be a whole uh, lecture series on its own in its own right, but suffice it to say that there is a difference between things kind of just like happening in the world and yeah, they happened, you know, everything's divine providence. So of course it's part of God's plan versus when there's like an intentionality there, when there's an actual thing where it says this was God's will, God willed this to happen, God willed this to happen. And we see in this first Rashi, the way that Rashi describes the way that God gave the land of Israel to the to the sons of Ham, to the Canaanites, to when he says Lahem, that with his will he gave it to them. This is the same wording that he uses when he then says that with his will he took it from them and then he gave it to us. So this means that it wasn't just like by accident or even by just like a happenstance or this is how it worked out that the land of Israel at some point fell into Ham's lot, fell into the Canaanites' lot. This was intentional. God wanted them to have this land. Why? Why did God want this? So that's the final question on the answer that we have to the nations of the world. So really quick recap. First, we had the questions on the nation's accusations against us. Namely, um, didn't they steal the land from us? So why are they accusing us of being robbers? And secondly, where do we see that war conquest is even considered robbery? Like that has not been the case throughout history, right? And then the questions on our answer to the nations, why does Rashi focus on the entire world when the accusation is only about the land of Israel? Why bring up creation at all here? It's when it's really just about ownership. Let's just focus on that. Why not just focus on that? And if anything, next question is that when uh, when Rashi talks about the creation of the world, he links the creation of the world to the right that God has to give it to whoever he wants, where it says, who um, that he created the world and he gave it to whom he deemed righteous in his eyes, meaning that there's a connection between the creation of the world and God giving it to whom he deemed righteous in his eyes. So what's that connection? We have to know what that connection is about. Next question that we had was, why does Rashi repeat himself? He tells us that God God gave the land of Israel to the Jews twice, first by saying that he gave it to whom he deemed proper in his eyes, and then by saying that he took it from them, meaning took it from the nations of the world and gave it to us. So why do we have this repetition? Um, next question, why do we have to know that God gave it to the nations of the world? This doesn't really have to do with us. It's, we're just concerned with us having the land. Why do we have to know about God giving it to the other nations? If anything, this kind of can strengthen their argument, especially if they feel like God actually gave it to them. It's not, it wasn't just them that conquered the land on their own. This was something that God did. Um, so why do we have to know about this? And then the last question, which is kind of like the bigger issue here, more existentially speaking, is why, in fact, did God give the land of Israel to the nations of the world? Throughout history, again, many, many generations, there were many times that the land of Israel was not under our Jewish dominion. Why is this? Um, it, it's, it was obviously intentional. This was not just happenstance. It's not just a regular kind of everything is meant to be. So that's how it happened out. This was intentional. That it was through his will. He gave it to them the same will that took it from them and eventually gave it to us. So what's this about? So stay tuned again, once again, cliffhanger tomorrow, we're going to actually start getting into the answers and getting into this deeper discussion, uh, which is going to lead us into a much greater 
um, appreciation of what our connection as Jews is to the land of Israel and what that's all about, and ultimately to our purpose in the entire world here, so uh, on earth. So stay tuned for that, and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.